always want to look at as, as just, not just reading the words on the page, but how can I in like get a clearer focus on what it's really saying So and how does it impact me in my life? I want to be able to look at Scripture and I read this and say, Holy Spirit, show me what's going Wow, I didn't know I could see like this. And so um, there was something that I, God really showed me. I felt like I really needed to spend one more day on Christmas, as they know Christmas is yesterday. So we spoke about the wise men on, on Friday. So today we're going to speak about the shepherds. And one of the things that God showed me is this idea of the shepherds, they, they heard, they responded, they found the Christ child, and they went and proclaimed. And I thought, I think I've heard that somewhere before. I think I've heard that somewhere before. So let's, uh, let's open with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help us to understand more fully, that your spirit would work through us and help us to see Jesus more clearly in, your, in the scriptures and to live those truths out in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The main idea, again, is this, is this idea of hearing, responding, seeking and finding, and proclaiming. And I think you'll see a really clear picture of that in the, in the shepherds as well. I was very curious about the fact that in John 10 that Jesus uh, chose to refer him to himself as the good shepherd. Not that he's not, but I just thought that was interesting. It also is interesting, like in, uh, in Psalm 23, when it says, the Lord is my shepherd. There's just something about the shepherd that I feel like we need to explore a little bit more. So I started to look a little bit more into this idea of shepherds, and I discovered that many scholars believe that in Jesus' day, shepherds were a despised class, uneducated, lowly, unable to com- complete... Um, the, and keep the purity laws of their time. Even in the Mishnah, the written record of the Jewish oral law, describes shepherds as incompetent. Another says no one should ever feel obligated to rescue a shepherd who has fallen into a pit. Now that's pretty bad. Shepherds were actually considered in Jesus' time outcasts. They were viewed as some by, by some as being unskilled, dishonest, not even allowed to testify in court. Their job required them to work all the time and didn't have days off. It didn't take much time to bathe, and shepherds could not keep all the religious rites and rituals, or at least the man-made portion of the laws, and therefore viewed as constantly unclean. A New Testament scholar, Jehoiachin Jeremiah, in the early 20th century, documents the fact that shepherds were deprived of civil rights. They could not testify. This is the thing that really impacted me when I read this. And I shared this some on Friday, but they could not fulfill the judicial offices or be admitted in court as witnesses. He wrote, to buy wool, milk, or a kid from a shepherd was forbidden on the assumption that it would be stolen property. They weren't viewed in a good light. The Christian view of a shepherd, though, is a wonderful illustration of God's grace. In a way, these unnamed shepherds represent all mankind, for we are all undeserving and in desperate need of God's amazing grace. As I look at the story of the shepherds, I also see a similar message in how we all come to Jesus through saving grace, that we hear the message, the gospel call, that we respond. And that we look for and seek and find 
and then we proclaim. First main point that I want to talk about is the shepherds heard an invitation. I call this, this is the gospel call. We hear a message, right? They heard an invitation. The shepherds were living out in the fields. And those flocks were probably reserved for the temple sacrifices. They were kept in the fields in Bethlehem throughout the year. The word Bethlehem, whenever you hear Beth, means house of. Bethlehem, house of bread. Bethel, house of God. Bethsadia, house of fish. But Beth, Bethlehem is where they were at. And notice there is actually, and it says Bethlehem in Judea, there's two Bethlehems. There's a Bethlehem in Galilee as well that was near Nazareth. But the Bethlehem in Judea, specifically named because Jesus was to come from the line of Judah, from Judea. And these shepherds kept watch over their flocks by night from potential predators or thieves. And also animals tend to wander off sometimes. I know like if we keep the the gate open at our house, you know, it's like, where's Odin? Where's Maya? Because they tend to want to wander out. The shepherd's responsibility was to be watchful of their surroundings. And an angel of the Lord first tells them not to be afraid. Fear would be a common reaction if you saw an angel like that. And the angel's message was one of hope for all people. It was good news about a Savior being born in the town of David, which was Bethlehem. And we know that from verses 4 and 15. Because Joseph belonged to the line of David. Verses 11 and 12, the Jews, they were looking for a a potential political leader to free them from Roman oppression. And others were hoping to be delivered from sickness or physical pain. But this angelic announcement would deliver the people from sin and death. The angel's announcement to the shepherds was today in the town of David, which is Bethlehem, the Messiah would come. Today is the day. That's good news. The waiting's over with. The time has arrived. That very day, God took on humanity. Emmanuel, God is with us, had come. He entered into this world so that we might offer, he might offer the gift of salvation. The angels declared that this baby would be, I thought this was interesting, the Savior, he's the Christ, and he's the Lord. That means that he's The anointed one, he's the Christ, he's the Savior, he's the one that saves us, and he is the Lord, he's sovereign over all. This is the Jesus whose name means Jehovah saves. The sign is for them to find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. The sign was not a palace or a throne or a halo over the baby's head. As Ralph Sockman said, I thought this was so good. The hinge of history is on the door of Bethlehem's stable. The hinge of history is on the door of Bethlehem's stable. To find a baby wrapped in cloths would not be uncommon. But to find a baby in a manger, in an animal's feeding trough, that would be a little unusual. And think about this. Jesus, the long-awaited Prince of Peace, was to be born in poverty And not in wealth. Wrapped in cloths and not in purple linen. Not with songs sung by church choirs, but rather by angels. Not attended by high officials of the court, but by shepherds and animals. God's gift to a dying world was a life-giving Savior. God's gift to a dying world was a life-giving Savior. 
It says in verses 13 and 14 that suddenly, unexpectedly, the angel was joined with a great company of angels and began praising and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on, on whom his favor rests. We sing the Christmas hymn, Glory in Excelsis Deo, from the words of the Latin Vulgate translation that means glory to God in the highest. The angels recognized the glory and majesty of God by praising him. Heaven's choirs came down to sing when heaven's king came down to save. Think about that. Heaven's choirs came down to sing when heaven's king came down to save us. The Greek word for peace is an interesting word. It means to join or to bind together which has been separated. It pictures the binding of joining together again that which has been separated or divided by thus setting it once again together. The idea is conveyed by a common expression that we say having it all together. You're bringing it together. There's peace. We think of it in terms of like a truce or a peace treaty, a coming together. Peace is the opposite of division and unity. The Hebrew word for shalom, peace as well, means much more than, than this word in, in Greek. Because it, it means well-being. It also means health, prosperity, security, soundness, and completeness. It has more to do with the character than the circumstance itself. Life was tough back then as it is today. But thanks to, for, for Jesus Christ coming, that he is the Prince of Peace. He brings us together in him. The cross brings us together. The stable brings peace together. When you look at the nativity scene, you see people coming together. And who are they surrounded? They're surrounding Jesus. He's the reason that we brought together. It talks about that when we went through Ephesians, when it says we talked about the Jews and Gentiles. They're brought together. There's peace. It's peace in Jesus. We come together in him. The rest that he offers us, the hope that he encourages. When we experience the peace of God, we should share that peace with God, of God with others as well. And that's what you see what the shepherds were doing. In the Roman world, there was, they were experiencing the Pax Romana, which means the Roman peace. But see, that mark of Roman peace was only exterior. It was an interior. The angels were announcing a lasting peace, an eternal peace. It was a peace of mind and soul that is only found in Jesus. Jesus says, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. True and lasting peace is only found in Jesus. Peace with God is received by faith in Jesus Christ. I am so amazed when I look at this Christmas story. I'm amazed that God chose a young girl, an adoptive father who was a carpenter, who would have a baby born in an animal's trough in a small village celebrated by shepherds who were ridiculed and mocked in the eyes of the people. God chose them. God chose fishermen. God chose tax collectors. God chooses you. In verse 15, it's, I want to talk about the shepherds responding. The shepherds heard, 
But then they responded. And that's what we should do as well. When we hear the gospel call, when we hear the gospel message, when we hear God's call in your life, there should be a response to that. The angelic presence didn't last forever. The angels, it says, left. And the shepherds responded to the message. It doesn't say that the shepherds quarreled. It doesn't say they complained about going. It says they wanted to go and be part of the God's work to see what was happening. God is going to use society's lowest occupation and most meager resources to begin an awesome work of evangelism. Think about that. In verse 15, we see the obedience of the shepherds. There is an eagerness and anticipation on the part of the shepherds. There's an urgency on the part of the shepherds. The good news is not to be kept for ourselves. And they didn't. They left in haste, it says, to Bethlehem to gaze upon this wonder about what they were told. The shepherds understood that the angels were speaking of for the Lord. And I'm reminded again in Matthew 2, as we talked about on Friday, that the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they knew where, the shepherd, where, the, where Jesus, the baby, was to be born. But they made no effort to go and confirm it for themselves. The shepherds heard the message about the baby being born, and they went to confirm it for themselves. It makes me even think as when we're going through Acts, and we hear that Paul goes to the Bereans, and Paul talks to the Bereans. And what does it say that the Bereans did? That they searched out the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. They were searching, they were seeking. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. That's what the Bible says. Are we diligently seeking for God? The next thing that I want to talk about is in Luke 16. 2.16, it says the shepherds found Jesus just as he said. And that's a promise. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. They find me. And did the shepherds find him? They did. The shepherds came as they were. They didn't put on, they go put on a tie and a suit and everything. They came as they were. Jesus tells us the same today. He, he says, come as you are. He says, and he gives us an invitation to come. They found Mary. They found Joseph and the baby was lying in the manger. They had no gift to bring but themselves. And rejoicing and praise for what they had seen and heard. It reminds me of Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. They brought themselves what Jesus wants. He wants you. He wants you. Amazingly, the ones that looked after the temple lambs were the first ones to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The manger of Christ brought God to man. Think about that. The manger of Christ brought God to man. And the cross brings man to God. The cross brings us to God. We can have a relationship with God because of the cross. Jesus came to die. He came to die for you and to me and for me. The word found I thought was really interesting because I'd come across this before in Acts. The word found in Greek is a very interesting word. 
We see that in Acts. It means the shepherds found the baby by diligently seeking. We see the word in Acts 21.4. I remember preaching on this. When Paul landed, it came with his, his friends, his companions in Tyre, and they stayed there for seven days, remember, with the ship. And the ship was unloaded. But in verse 4 it says, finding the disciples there. Finding the disciples there. Paul, and that word means to search out diligently. Paul and the others were, that were traveling with him were searching out the brothers there diligently. They had a layover there as the ship was being unloaded. That is what the shepherds are doing. It's the same word. There was a great, there's a great principle here that we talked about, not only in the one I quoted in Proverbs, but in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. In James, he says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. May we be eager to listen, not only to the word of God, but to the God of this word. May we be eager to listen and to obey. That's why Paul says in Philippians 3, I want to know Christ, the power of his resurrection. He wants to know him. He's seeking him out. May we do the same, just like the shepherds did. They heard, they responded, and they went to find. And then after they found him, you know what they did? They proclaimed. They heard, they responded, they found, and they proclaimed. The shepherds believed the message. They saw Jesus. They shared the good news with the world. Should we not be like the shepherds? We believe the message. We encounter the Christ. We share the good news with the world. The shepherd evangelists now give an eyewitness report. Although these shepherds were not allowed to testify in court, I just can't believe this. Although these shepherds were not allowed to testify in the Jewish court system, although these shepherds were not allowed to share, to witness, be witnesses in the test and testify in court, God used these humble shepherds as a witness for the Savior of the world. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That begs the question, when was the last time that we've told someone about Jesus? This is a perfect time of year to do it. And every day should be, but this is a perfect time. Do you know the Savior? Do you understand the story? Do you see what it means? Jesus will come again, but not as a child next time. He will come as the King of Kings. I think of these shepherds as missionary evangelists. They spread Jesus' name as Savior, Christ, and Lord. Just seeing Jesus was not enough. They had to tell someone. They were compelled to share the good news. And so we come to our final point. The shepherds shared the good news of Jesus. In 17 through 20, talks about it was the shepherds who were the first messengers to proclaim the arrival of the Messiah by the angels. They heard the message from the, the angels. They went and they were seeking out, the, seeking out Jesus, diligently seeking out. They saw him. And you know, we've been talking about this in Sunday school, and I share this on Friday. I'm going to share it again. Right? About Noah. But, that Noah, he walked with God, right? The W, he walked with God. He worked for God. And it makes me think of right here, not only did he worship God, 
but there's that I have wondered. And I just can't imagine, you know, I look at that shepherd right there. And though the kings as well, although the kings came at a different time. But the shepherd is there. And what happened? I, I, just, I wonder if they just looked and they were just in awe of what the angels had told them and how true it was. And you could tell how much it made a bit difference on them because then they went out and they shared. Here are these people that were supposed to be out there just watching sheep. They're just sharing God's news. They spread the word and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds have told them. We hear today about this idea of the Christmas rush. The Christmas rush. They had a Christmas rush back then too. There was a Christmas rush that day. The shepherds, they heard the angels' good news of great joy. And they rushed around and they told everybody they could find about this good news. There was a Christmas rush. A Christmas rush like no other. I'd like to make just one comment about verse 19 as well. It says that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I can't imagine all that Mary had been thinking, that God had chosen her to be the mother of Jesus. And the news of the shepherds had brought about the angel's birth announcement. She may have prayed something like this. The same as what I think we could all pray today. Heavenly Father, guide us by your Holy Spirit as we consider your great love, the great love that he has shown them. Help guide us by your Holy Spirit to consider your great love and to embrace the plan that you have for our lives. I think that's a good prayer. And I think that's a prayer that not only Mary, but the shepherds, but the kings and everybody else could pray. Heavenly Father, guide us by your Spirit as we consider your great love and embrace your plans for our lives. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but God does. But he's faithfully called us by faith to follow him wherever that may be. And I pray that we consider his great love for us and that we embrace his plans for us. As I conclude, I'm thinking about this. The birth of the, ch- the, the Christ child, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And this birth announcement by the angel spread by the shepherds for all people it was a big deal. Because it's, it's, it's something that changes your life. Not, that was 2,000 years ago, right? 2,000 years ago. And, and the same as I was thinking, they said that they, they, the angels proclaimed him as Christ as Savior and Lord. And I'll tell you what, today, he's still Christ, and he's Savior, and he's Lord. And the message that the shepherds had back then is the same message that we have today, to share that he is Christ, he is Savior, and he is Lord. He is the anointed one. He will save you from your sins, and he is Lord over all. He is sovereign over all. He's in complete control over all. He's El Elyon. He is the Lord. So, a couple things of application, a couple points. Christmas Day was a big day, big news. And that the, still the good tidings of great joy are ones for us to share. You know, 
even though Christmas has passed, it's, it's unwise to celebrate Christmas without inviting the guest of honor. May Jesus truly be the reason for the season. And since the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, mankind has had a sin problem. And Jesus is the solution to that sin problem. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jabez has continually sent out invitations for us to come. The message that was shared Friday and the message today are similar. Because this idea of invitation and coming. And they shared the first time this idea of coming was with Noah and the ark. Inviting Noah to come in. And he was saved. And his family was saved. In Isaiah 118, it says, Come and let us reason together. For though your sins are scarlet, they'll be made white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they'll be like wool. Think about that when you look outside and you see the snow out there. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed his sin. Even the deepest part of the ocean, it says in the Old Testament. You can't find them anymore. He's, he's removed our sin, our guilt. And then Jesus says this, Come unto me, all you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I guess out of all the, you know, the scripture reading that I've done and, and the messages I've prepared, I just keep coming back to that verse. Learn from me. I mean, if you want to know the secret of life, it's that. Jesus is Savior, he's Lord, and he's Christ. And if you want to learn more about life, you learn from him. If you want to be, you know, if, if, if you want, Jesus is the great shepherd. And if you want to be safe, you stay next to the shepherd. We saw about today, we were reading about all the problems that maybe some of the, the, the great, you know, people of the Bible that talks about. And then they talk about their sins and how they fell away. Whether it was Solomon, whether it was David, whether it was Noah. The key is to stay close to the shepherd. Don't wander off. That's the key. So as I close this message, I want you to think about this one thing. It's so important. That the shepherds, they heard. The shepherds, they responded. The shepherds, they were seeking out diligently and they found the Christ child. And they couldn't keep it in. They had to tell someone. That was a message that was true 2,000 years ago, and it's true today. I just pray, when Jesus talks about, you know, rivers of flowing water, just living water means flowing water. The difference in the, in the Bible between dead water and living water is living water was moving water. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit would just stir your heart about the good news of Jesus Christ and cause you to share the message of the gospel just like the shepherds did. Be obedient and share the word. That's what he's called us to do. The good news of Jesus Christ. That's the message of Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for today. Thank you for the good news. The good news that you revealed to the shepherds. And the good news that is the same good news you reveal to us. The shepherds couldn't hold it in. Lord, I just pray that we wouldn't call, that it would, your word would be in us like a fire. Like it says, like... Uh, in Jeremiah, that we just can't contain it. It just, it just comes out. Lord, that's what I pray. Help us to be your servants in this world. 
and be light and salt in this world for Jesus' sake. Amen.